Hey, what's up, ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Auto Business. My name is Jay. I'm your host. It is Wednesday. It is noon central time. That means it's time for our monthly installment of live carrier advice. Please do let us know. If you have an FMCSA DOT question, um, you need help, you're looking at trailer or weight ratings, ELD issues, drug alcohol clearinghouse, there's so many different types of questions we get on this show. That's what we're here to help do. Please do remember you can leave a like. Please do that if you get the chance. You can share, you can copy, or on different social media. You Transport can ship your car now. <laughs> Nothing like hitting wrong buttons. Hey, let's just jump into it. Um, let's see what... Oh, did I get the... You know, doing a show monthly means that I get off my game. Um, I don't have the things queued up. I'm hitting the wrong buttons. Let's see what Brian's doing. Brian... Are you having a better day? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and I'm sick, but maybe I am, Jake. <laughs> Just discombobulated. Actually, we had a great show last night, and um, so I just took the opportunity to relax. I was working on some other stuff this morning, so running a little late. How are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah, I've been, been busy. It's, it's a good time right now, um, at least for me. Not so much for the other carriers out there in the world, but it's Elaborate. okay for me. Elaborate. What's going on with the other carriers right now? Well, with freight rates down, fuel and insurance up, a lot of folks are finding out that transportation isn't always the pot of gold that they thought it was. And a lot of my clients that jumped in when the market was high had no plan to handle when the market was low because they had never seen the low side of it. And we're losing carriers left and right. Okay. This is interesting. Because um, this is probably the most important thing we can talk about right now. I am, I am seeing another round of get back out there, go do it, more like just philosophy type videos. Okay? Um, I mean, what, what, could, what would you like to say? What could you say to folks that went with the philosophy and didn't really look at some of the numbers? And and I guess that gets to, what do you think is are some of the top causes of got in and it didn't work out? Not having a solid business plan. And the number one cause is undercapitalization. Because you can go finance a RAM... 3500 or 5500 like it's a personal vehicle and you can pick up a uh, wedge trailer for relatively inex uh, a relatively low cost a lot of people didn't have the cash reserves necessary to ride out the peaks and valleys and this is not a business you can go into and expect to cash flow your way through it uh, without having money in the bank as soon as you have that first breakdown that your truck is in the shop for a week and you can't earn any money if you were counting on that to pay the bills next week it snowballs really quickly into a disaster so you need six months to a year of your salary and your operating expenses before you ever even think of starting a trucking company. It, it, it's just there's people that have done it with no money, um, but it is the exception rather than the rule. But, Brian, I got this. I believe in myself. People believe in me, too. I can do this. I believe in you, too. And I've had some really good good people really hard-working honest salt-of-the-earth people as my clients that got in over their head because of unforeseen circumstances they had too many mechanical failures with their truck maybe they didn't quite know what they were doing loading a car and five or six thousand dollars worth of damage out of their pocket really hurt them because it ate up a lot of their cash reserve they had um I had I had one young man, he's quite ambitious. 
um, but this just wasn't where he needed to be. He uh, uh, he did well too. He got up to three trucks in a year and a half, but then he had a hard time keeping the trucks together and on the road. And that's ultimately what his downfall was because when you're buying and he was using class eight trucks, he had full size tractor trailers. And when you're buying a couple year old class eight truck at four and 500,000 miles, that is when the problems are starting with those trucks. So you need to be prepared for weeks in the shop not days not hours weeks in the shop will we get parts and service and repairs and and that's just compounded by how messed up everything still is with shops not even be able to diagnose a vehicle for a week or two let alone order and install the parts right and i mean you can't that's that's a crazy problem because i don't know how you plan for that right I mean, you you really can't. You have to. <coughs> excuse me. The only way you the only way you can plan for that is have enough cash that you can go to Ryder or Penske and pay them the ten thousand dollars deposit that they need, so that you can rent a tractor if you're using traditional high mount class seven or eight trucks, and pay that fifteen hundred dollars a week it costs to have that tractor just so you can service your customers or have the money in the bank that you can sit home for a month and still pay your insurance premium and your truck payment and it's not going to put you out of business uh now i'm speaking from experience here because my first company failed miserably i i went out and bought a tow truck i knew how to tow i knew the business very well but i didn't know the business if you will i had no idea how to be a businessman i knew how to do the job but i didn't know how to run the business and it failed miserably because i was undercapitalized my second go round, we did much better because i waited patiently and put money away so that i could afford to do it and so you need more than just the skills of driving the truck and loading the cars to be successful in this business you need to understand profit and loss statements income forecasting how to read the market i've spoken about this before where i was fortunate because i did mostly ford red carpet lease returns and i could buy the data to know how many vehicles in my market they leased 36 months ago so i had a good idea how many were going to be available to transport when it was my turn when when it came back to be returned so i knew whether we needed more trucks less trucks find other work etc and really without that data you you're just shooting in the dark so are we here's another question are we talking about freight car hauling do i mean short running lanes load boards what what are some more details Hmm. of what all right all 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 of that plays into it and whether you're hauling cars or you're hauling general freight you need to understand the market and and it surprises me every year when i see people on social media complaining about how slow it is in january it is a historic trend that freight volumes in the general trucking world drop sharply the second week of january because all of that holiday season freight has been delivered and the vast majority of the returns have been shipped back to the warehouse because when you get something you don't want for christmas you return it to the store on the 26th or 27th and so two weeks later it's back to all the warehouses and restocked um this year we didn't even see the traditional spike between november and january because shippers were nervous and they shipped product unusually early this year that's why things like the dat uh freight rate market report are critical to understand and even though they don't cover auto transport specifically you can get a good trend to what's going on in the economy to understand what is going to happen with cars because when people aren't buying other consumer goods other frivolous purchases they're probably going to slow down on buying new cars if that's your segment and then maybe late model used cars are going to pick up 
being purchased. So if that's your segment, you might be able to expect a spike in volume there. Um, but just following what's going on and, and subscribing to data sources to know what the dealers and the auctions are selling. I mean, the auto auctions are public entities. Mannheim and Odessa are publicly traded companies. All you have to do is go find their shareholder reports and you can see what their numbers were for last year and then you can make your own decisions from there they, they report sales volume units move stuff like that to their shareholders so do a little research okay all right we are now aligned to move forward with let's do uh, i'm gonna bring in some of what i had prepared because i think you you just uh you just brought up kind of where I want to go, where I like to go. You know, I like to bring in... What is that? Zoom. Um, let's start with this first. We haven't done a How We Doing in a while. How we doing here? <laughs> oh, I don't like the strap going up over the hood and the cab there. Um... I think the comment was, the longer I look at it, the worse it gets. Yes. Um, I'm not... He doesn't look like he's too terribly overhyped. Now, he's pulling that with a condo sleeper, so he's probably close to 13.6, and so he probably is 14 foot to the top of that. He, he, so, depending on where he's running, if he's running out west, he might be okay. Um, there would be better ways to secure that cab from coming loose while you're going down the road. I, I'm having a hard time telling. Is that a good truck or was that a wrecked truck jay does it look yeah you know, i it, can't there's something it does look like there's something wrong with it yeah, yeah i mean but, slightly wrecked or whatever but yeah I, I i love the strap that goes up and through the windows and is this is this indicative of i don't know not enough loads and so you're just taking stuff and thinking well i guess yeah and, and in, in this case, I'm imagining that this fellow is going to be loading another vehicle or another piece of cargo on his trailer. Right. Otherwise, probably. I would have put that down on the lower part of the step deck so I yeah. didn't have any height issues. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I don't like the straps, but if they're there for a reason, like because we can't tell, maybe the roof cap is damaged and ripped off on that, and so he's trying to hold that down. It looks ugly, but it serves a purpose. Um same thing with the strap over the hood, maybe trying to keep it on and closed, but yeah. I mean, and I'm sharing ways to do that. I'm not trying to stir a pot. I saw this, this, and that's part of what, what I think this show is about is this is kind of a, I think this show has become an analysis of what we're seeing, what we're hearing and we're not, what we're not hearing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I want to get to with what you just said. Um, let's keep going. Uh, Oh, okay. This was a story about a... This was a tire that went through... A truck driver killed after another semi's tire falls off and hits the vehicle. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a dangerous business. I guess my, my takeaway is... Again, if that rate... If that rate feels like it's not really... This is why we share rates on Thursdays. There's no backhaul worth... I don't even know how to finish that sentence. Yeah, there's a, you, know, you have a very dangerous job. Make sure that the risk is worth the reward. And folks, this is why it's important to inspect your vehicles every day. That other truck driver had no intention of his wheels falling off and killing somebody. And this happens more often than you think, where wheels separate from a truck. And now you have... 800,000 pounds flying down the highway completely out of control at 65, 70 miles an hour. And there are several people killed every year because of this. So now this driver doesn't get to go to home to his family. And when they figure out which truck lost the wheel, and they normally do, because remember, your tires have an individual serial number and purchases can be traced back to who bought it. Mm. Um, they they find out who did this and now that truck driver because they didn't do a proper pre-trip inspection or didn't the company they worked for didn't maintain the equipment properly i don't know exactly why the wheels separated in this yeah. case but yeah. 
they're not meant to come off like that. So something was done wrong. And now this other truck driver is going to spend a couple of years in prison for this as well. And so you have to inspect your equipment properly to prevent this stuff from happening. Because it may not be you that get hurt when it fails. Uh, I found this so fascinating. This is a real post in a dealer group. I've grown so tired of dealing with transporters. Anyone recommend any brokers need brokers who work nationwide? Oh, brokers wow, aren't right? going to be brokers aren't going to do them much better because that's what still so has to deal with the carrier. Exactly. So they don't even know you're really not. Well, you might fix part of the problem because if you're yes. dealing with independent owner operators that only run that certain lane. If you're a dealer posting loads on Central Nationwide, you're de probably dealing with 100 different carriers with 100 different methodologies and 100 different phone numbers and 100 different ways of doing business. Whereas if you pick a Nationwide broker, although that broker doesn't have any assets probably, at least they always say the same thing and you kind of know what to expect. And I would, I would guess that's what's happening here. Well, but that's it's not part... like I'm sorry, but it's not like there's not an auto transport business that can actually do both for them. Be the broker right. and the carrier, right? Right. There's a lot of professionally run transporters that can handle all the overflow work, and one call does it all. Uh, um, now, this is where brokers show their value to their customer, which is, in this case, the dealer, by making the dealer's life easy. They send their loads over to one point of contact and someone else handles the 20 phone calls and the 15 excuses and everything else. So, folks, I've said it for a long time. Direct work is where it's at in this business. But if you have dealers like this that are getting so frustrated dealing with independent carriers, you have to ask yourself, am I part of the problem or part of the solution? Am I making it easy or hard for my customers to work with me. My goal was always to make it as easy as possible for my customers, even if it made it difficult for me. And if we go even further, if this is an independent dealer, how is it that they haven't heard of a company yet that advertises nationwide auto transport solutions? Number one, they can go to Google and find like 4,000 pages of companies. Mm -hmm. There's also tons of online banner ads, you know, talking about being number one and all this stuff. So how? I mean, I'm really, this baffles me. They, they just don't want to do the work themselves. This is probably a dealer that's somewhat lazy. Whoever's in this position at the okay. dealer to arrange transportation okay. doesn't want to be bothered. But I, I, if this got posted in auto transport everything, what do you think the comments would be? <laughs> they'd eat them alive right i find that fascinating all right let's get yes um okay this got sue shared this with me this came in assertus is going to help you boost your csa score and improve compliance with better fleet inspections any takeaways here um first i'm we... hearing of it what are, what's their plan what, what right that's what i'm trying to improve your fleet compliance safety and accountability scores in 2023 with help from the assertus compliance experts so they're gonna give their partner carriers some free consulting and guidance maybe and maybe an app that does the pre-trip inspection and and with this okay just remember if it's free you are the product. So what information are you giving up in return for this free assistance? Because we all do need better CSA scores. Right. And, and there are a lot of carrier, a lot of brokers that will not even load you if you don't have a couple of inspections and a adequate CSA score. Um, but I, I need to know more about how they plan on doing this to know if it's good or not because what are they going to do add to the app a pre-trip inspection and then they're going to know exactly where your truck is at all time and what condition it's in and decide if they want to load you or not uh, again if it's free you are the product and i i mean and i so for the record camera one we're, we're, this is what ati auto business is for and we realize now 
we have a we kind of have something special, and that is that we don't represent any one company. So we have we can easily talk about any company's offering in an objective way and try to understand what it is. And this is also good feedback for Assertus because as a as a random viewer, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. Do I sign mm-hmm. up for something? Am I paying for something? Is it an exchange for loads? Are you just going to help me out because of you know you got extra time? I don't know, uh, and I know I can read read more. And it, you know, anyways, and I I find it interesting. It's better than not advertising this. Yes, I I, I appreciate Positive. people when when they're trying to help. And I yeah. mean, we we have the new trade association that was born out of United Road that is trying right. to help the industry. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Right, and they're on the right track, even though they help themselves quite a bit as well by having access to their member carriers. Um, so it's a not always bad. Trade-off. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I talked to, I was talking to United Road at Used Car Week. This is why, again, I, I can't stress enough how trade shows. Wow, trade shows. You know, you go to different trade shows than I do. But how meaningful are those shows to you and your business and your network, et cetera? For what I do, incredibly Invaluable. meaningful. Yeah. Yes. What what trade shows would you recommend? Let's go back to the carriers. And I'm, th- I'm thinking barriers to entry, carrier barrier to entry. Ooh, carrier barrier to entry. I like that. Um, what trade shows could carriers go to? Because I know you can go to Matt's and you can go to Gats, but do you do any business there? Mats and Gats are more geared, especially uh, Mid America. Uh, um, they're geared towards the owner operator and employee driver in the general freight world. So you're going to go there and you're going to find important stuff for owning and maintaining your equipment, the latest gadgets and gizmos and software and services like accountants and uh, whatnot. But when we dive down into auto transport, then you want to be the same place your customers are. So you want to learn about their side of the business. And that would be events like Used Car Week and events like um, um, the name's escaping me right now. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them. Aha, aha. Auto Haulers, okay. Yes, Auto Haulers Association of America, their event. Uh, the IATA event, IATA. Uh, all yeah. of that. You you need to be you need to be where the fellow transporters that specialize in automobile transport and their potential customers are. So events focused around whatever segment you're interested in. So if you're just running load board freight and you don't have a specific segment. I don't know how important these trade shows are unless you're trying to grow your business and develop customer relationships to get out of the broker boards. Um, but if you have some direct customers, find out where they go and you go there so that you can meet their peers, especially if you have a direct customer that really likes you and you find out, do they go to used car week or something like that? And you tag along and let them introduce you to other dealer principals and used car managers and whoever purchases transportation. And that's how you make these connections. It's a lot of work. You have to put on your salesman hat and take off your trucker hat and go sell your business and sell yourself. All right, which is a long conversation, and we talk about it other times. Let's keep going on with the uh, with the news. But I like I like what we're touching upon. Um, this is an objective uh, news source, and we're not just talking about you know. That's another thing. I, I just want to say this: Have you seen like the the tow piglet trucker to trucker stuff is back? Mm-hmm. Do you watch that stuff? No, <laughs> me neither. Why don't no. we watch it? Why? Can you explain why? I don't find any value in the content. I don't either. If I'm going to spend my time watching something, I want it to be something that I can learn. Uh, they're, they're in, in the other industry I serve. Sorry, the towing. I think yes. Piglet's cool, but I, I, yeah, I get really tired of just the, uh, uh, the bankruptcies and the going out of business. And the, I want to, yeah, I'm ready to, you know, yes. I need something else. <laughs> yes. I, I can't drink soda all day. 
Exactly. I, I want to I want to learn and not have it over dramatized. I try not to use fear as a motivating factor when I talk to somebody. And yet that seems to be that's the thing. We just talked about trade shows. I think most people are like, oh, I'm just gonna skip all that. When are they gonna talk about Toe Piglet again? <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I, I can't understand it. But again, we're, we dish it out evenly. Uh, positive marijuana tests among drivers grow at alarming rate. All right, so that's not good. Nope, we're and this is to be expected. Yeah. We're up eighteen percent over last year, and that's, which is a lot. That's a significant yes. percentage. And we talked about this when we had Lucas Kibbe on, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. A lot of these are accidental positives, is what I am calling them. I agree. Because they're not partaking in marijuana to get high. They're probably using CBD oil or something like that that is allegedly zero THC over the counter. Which, by the way, and pains. I recently tried some CBD, and I mean, I didn't really get anything out of it. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't, I didn't, I couldn't understand. I tried it twice, and I, I, I don't get it. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, it, so. It's, it's not, it's not for me. But I'm not putting down anybody that does. And I've tried um, other things too. Yeah. So I know yeah. when I'm feeling something. In the CBD, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Uh, but with this, they're up because between using over-the-counter stuff, the only ever has to test below 0.03% once, and there is no standards to control that because it's still not federally regulated. Between that and a misunderstanding of, oh, I got a prescription because it's legal in my state, I'm okay. It's amazing how many truckers do not actually read the drug testing rules that your employers are required to give to you. And if you're an owner-operator, your drug testing consortium is required to give you this education. Every one of us at some point in our career has sat there and tuned out and zoned off into space during an orientation where they've discussed what the drug testing rules are. Amen. In fact, that's almost one of the mandatory requirements of a drug testing seminar is to space out. <laughs> um, but here's what's interesting. Mar- uh, Missouri just legalized marijuana, but mm-hmm. that has no correlation to the strictness of their scales and DOT rules. I mean, it. so you can't make any sense just because you, yeah, if you're driving through a, a marijuana legal state, it, it has no bearing on the level of CDL severity. That you may face. What if what we what we need to remember weird. is it's marijuana hard. is still a federally prohibited substance, right? For all truck drivers, go. including your non-CDL drivers, and they this is where a lot of people argue. They put it right with amphetamine, methamphetamine, and cocaine. Yes. Marijuana is next to cocaine in the federal. Yes, it, it it is a Schedule One prohibited it's, substance. It's and nuts, but it is. And remember, even for your non-CDL drivers that aren't required to take a drug test, you're still not allowed to use this stuff. So if you have a crash in your non-CDL hotshot and the officer does a drug test, which is well within their legal right to do post-crash, and you come back positive, you might as well have not had a driver's license or any other authorization to be operating at that time because it is still prohibited under several sections of federal regulation first of all when you go to get your medical uh, examination there's two check boxes the last two questions on the form have you ever used an illegal substance uh, in the last two years and are you currently using one if you lie and say no and then they discover it later you committed perjury a federal count of perjury if you tell the truth then you're automatically disqualified for two years or until you do a return to duty process and in the qualifications for a driver even on your non-cdl drivers you're still prohibited from drugs and alcohol you're just not required to test for them so this applies to everybody that operates a commercial motor vehicle not just the cdl holders oh man and since it's a federal offense you can't i don't think you can transport it across uh, state lines here this is interesting too because then I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, where do we, you know, once you get popped or whatever. Drivers in the return to duty process as of January 2023. Okay. Mm-hmm. Total eligible, 45000 Total not eligible, $120,000. Uh, 
Look at that. Return to duty process not started is the largest part of the statistic. And, so, and here, here's why. Yeah. yeah. Your, your motor carrier that you work for is not obligated to participate in return to duty. And you as a driver cannot do return to duty on your own. You have to be sponsored by a motor carrier that will take responsibility for conducting your required 6 to 12 monthly direct observed drug tests and the reporting requirements. So owner operators can do that themselves, but it's very expensive. Most company drivers, when they get fired for a positive, they have a hard time finding a uh, SAP-friendly, substance abuse professional-friendly carrier that will hire them. So they just leave the industry, and they don't bother starting the process. Then others start the process, and then they find out they can't actually give up what it was that they were using, and they fail out of the process. And, and so uh, only approximately a third of the drivers that are positive ever return back to the industry i mean basically so i mean if, if you're if you have a cdl you and you smoke pot you have to stop before yes. you get your cdl you do I yeah yeah before you get your yes. medical card you're gonna have to switch to budweiser yes and and sadly and i'm mm. not i'm not making a statement i don't know how here. else to parse it yeah, I, I'm not making a statement here, uh, but until we have a reliable field sobriety test, intoxication test, and a better drug test for marijuana, it will never be permissible for a truck driver like alcohol is. And, and, and really, the effects do not last very long, but it stays in your body for a long time. So it should be treated just like alcohol, but we do not have the scientific means to test for it yet in that capacity so we're still a decade or more out because they just now can start testing this substance as states are making it legal the the chemists that wanted to test it like my oldest daughter they couldn't even touch the stuff for years because it was prohibited to possess it you know that's really interesting i mean since the laws have changed i'm still surprised states have legalized marijuana beyond well, even medical. Even when mm -hmm. medical first came out, I, that shocked me. Then when they mm -hmm. went to recreational, I was, I was, my mind was blown. I mean, look at what happened with Supreme Court and some rulings. I'll stop there. Yes. But, um, so it is possible that we will develop a system one day uh, where, yeah, you can accurately measure how much active THC is in your system rather than that you had a joint two weeks ago. They're, they're working hard on that because Which right now they're... Which surprises me that they're even working on that because well, what's here, in it here's for them? Why. Oh, here, okay. Here's what's in it for them. The legislature has approved this because it's a social measure. It's what their constituents want. Now, the enforcement community has to have these tests developed so that they can have enforceable DUI uh, prosecutions because it is so easy to say, yeah, well, that could have been in my body from months ago. How can you prove I was acting actually impaired at the moment and so they're getting driving under the influence of marijuana thrown out whereas before when it was an illegal substance they didn't have to prove anything other than you had partaken in it at one time and you shouldn't have been driving a motor vehicle now they have to prove what your level of impairment was similar to alcohol which makes prosecuting duis very difficult so the enforcement community is now pushing for and funding these measures to develop this field intoxication process Heavy stuff. I never uh, thought I would know this much about marijuana. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're so proud of you. Uh, <laughs> trackers on truckers. Uh, obviously, you know, I don't know, take it away. I mean, what are we talking about? Now, here's here, Okay, here's my, here's my question. Don't we already have cell phones and GPS and everything else? W why do we need, what? It, what is going on here? What is the big push? What are you going to do? Who's going to sit in front of the air traffic control monochrome green screen watching 200 million trucks driving around the United States? What's the point of this? <laughs> yeah, the point is when you're in an area where local law enforcement is, whether it's state or local or whatever, they will know the trucks that are immediately around them how long they've been on the road, what type of commodity they're carrying, is the driver medically qualified, is their hours of service in compliance, whole bunch of information that 
they otherwise have to pull you over and make contact with you to obtain. They're trying to make law enforcement's job easier so that they can target just the trucks with violations. However, that's a huge trade-off of my personal privacy to have this unique electronic identifier on my vehicle that allows law enforcement to read in real time my cargo manifest, my CDL number, my medical record, all of that. And what about the nefarious actors that are going to use that to say, oh, here comes a truck with Sony TVs in it. Or, oh, there's a truck full of uh, controlled substances for the local CVS drugstore. Let's go find them and hijack that truck, kill the driver, and steal the cargo. The, that's the problem, is the uses, the function creep, if you will, from collecting this information. They do not need to know anything more than what they can already read with license plate readers when you're driving down the road. Your license plate, your USDOT number, and they have sensors that can check tire pressure and all that while you're driving by reading the heat signature that comes off your tires. That gives them more than enough information to decide if they need to make contact with that truck or not. They do not need this information transmitted to them because what it's going to do, and I have a lot of law enforcement in my family and good personal friends, it's going to make them lazy and they're going to just look for that red and green light and they're only going to make contact with the trucks that have a red light and they're going to let stuff go by that the computer didn't pick up on but if they had their eyes open watching the road they would have seen the guy going down the road with the flat tire flapping in the breeze or no lights on his trailer or whatever so i think it's going to make law enforcement uh, more complacent and less effective at their job but cvsa the alliance of commercial vehicle uh, inspectors they want this to make their job uh, easier they say in fact They've already went ahead and created a level eight electronic inspection that, uh, that, that they're passed out guidance on on how to conduct when they don't even have all this information yet. And we still don't even know if the level eight electronic only inspection is going to affect your safety score because you could get an inspection without even knowing you had an inspection with defects on it till you get a letter in the mail several days later. I see the headline, Hacker's Paradise. Yes. Yeah, hack, it'll be Hacker's Paradise. Okay. Um, good. Hacker's Paradise Law coming soon. Um, okay, I think that's all the stuff that I had. You know, I've got a couple other things here in the mailbag. Let's see. Just, we'll, just, we'll just hit it because I don't want to bring it back next week. FMCSA increases fines for trucking violations to reflect inflation. Yep, they've had to do that since 2015. Well, how nice of it. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Thanks very much. I mean, yeah, is that, some, some is of those that fines are high. Yeah, um, my gosh. Really? I, I, I don't think their fines are reasonable at all, but it, it, it reflects the times we're in. So, what? Where's the. <laughs> how does this match up with their costs? Did their costs go up? Yeah, maybe their costs did go up, just like the rest of ours have. Okay. Because. You know, the the eggs that are served... Okay, whatever. I don't... Okay, it doesn't matter what I think. Okay, truck driver safety tips for accident prevention. RPM's got this blog that they've, they've really ramped up. How common are trucking accidents? How can you prevent a trucking accident? Uh, turn wide, drive the speed limit. What happens if you're in a truck accident? Bottom line, I don't even know why I brought this up. Anything to add? Yeah. Drive like a professional that you are, and that's how you prevent trucking accidents. Don't get in a hurry. Don't let other people force you into making bad decisions. So, you make your own decisions. All right, let's play a little game. What's the purpose of this blog post? Uh, to Is promote there RPM. To promote I RPM mean... and give some information out. But, uh, Is there somebody right now like, oh my god, that's a great idea. Yeah, you'd be surprised. There Maybe are there is. completely right. new to this that have no idea what they're doing and they can learn somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it's good even to remind seasoned veterans of so that was a case the of, basics. That was a case of Jay being unfair. <laughs> I just, you know, the thing is, it's kind of like the, it, it's kind of like some of the other sources of media. Because I, I now see 
you know, there is so much more media than there was before that mm -hmm. what is the purpose? Sometimes what is the purpose? What are you guys doing? Um, and, you know, is this an ad? Is Are you giving advice? Are you just trying to crank up views? I mean, what, right? What's the purpose of the media? Yes. And um, when I see, especially a blog, like blogs, and I'll tell you what, this is fascinating. Do you, have you looked into chat GPT? I was just going to say right? with the AI writing now, a lot of these blogs aren't even coming from a real person. So their bots are crawling this as we broadcast it, taking my words of wisdom and spitting them out at somebody else's right? product. And right. I don't know if I like that. Well, they're not, no bots are crawling this video right now. <laughs> uh, I assure you that. That might happen in the future. I also believe that the RPM blog is written by human beings, as are, I think, pretty much all other blogs today in February yes. 2023. But that will not be the case. And I even saw, I, mean, I got to look into it, where this dealer was like, was it a dealer? I can't remember what it was. Dealer, broker, carrier, it wasn't a carrier. Um, but saying, I think it was a dealer SEO and marketing was saying, Here's how we're using ChatGPT now. I, I, I saw one where a real estate agent okay. took what normally yeah. takes them 35, 40 minutes to put a listing together for a house and chat put it together in 45 seconds. And it was as good as what they would have written just by looking at the pictures and understanding what it saw in the pictures and searching public records for description of the property and stuff like that. And I want to say this, too, because I, I hate it when someone's talking about something, I stumble in the conversation, I barge in, you know, and my beer spills. But if you've done that and you're like, what is ChatGBT? GPT. I put it in the live chat. There's a link. This chatopenai.com, which is another funny thing. When you say AI, man, people just fall asleep, click, and get out of there. <laughs> it's, no, AI's, it's not even coming, it's here. Yes, they're here. Yeah, it's, here. it's it's in our trucks right now. It's in the That's trucks. where our collision right. avoidance systems come from. The number right. one camera system on the market, Samsara, uses that to automatically detect if your head is drooping, your eyes are closing, if you're yawning on a cell I, phone. I saw a hat that had lights on it, and if your head moves, the it, the lights uh -huh. start. To, I thought that was brilliant. Actually, that's better than a, you know, wake up, wake yeah. up. Which is, I mean, yeah, that's AI. Yep. We need to get a hold of one of those hats. We need to wear it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a great idea. Um, but ChatGPT, in its nutshell form, is a, it's a text artificial intelligence program mm -hmm. that you can type Whatever you want. Here, let's do it. You want to do it? Let's Why do, not? Let's do it. This will this will be how we'll end the show. I checked it out a few months, weeks, or whatever ago. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. See, and I saw this too. It's okay. Here, let me move these stops. It says Chat GPT is at capacity right now. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that they uh, they're not available. They're they're. Um... I also heard that they're considering charging for it, so they get people addicted to oh, using yeah. it, and then they're going to charge you for it. Absolutely, they sh well they should. Um, but so, like here, here, write a rap about the status. Here we go. So, ChatGPT actually wrote its own rap. Yep, that's what we're talking about. This is mm -hmm. not. This is not a disjointed structure of words, you know, that you hope means something like those spams. We've seen, yes. right, where, you know, <laughs> hey, fine prince from Super Shore, you know, whatever. It, it, this is so much more beyond Whoa. a dozen monkeys with typewriters writing the works of Shakespeare. Here's the chat GPT. Yeah, yo, what's up, G chat GPT fam? A lot of people trying to jam, but don't worry, we got your back. Just check back soon. We'll get on track. Anyways, but chat GPT apparently will write. It'll write poetry. Somebody's asked it for a haiku, and the haiku actually made sense as if somebody wrote it. Yep. 
The, um, people have used it to write uh, thesis papers right. and stuff like that that fooled professors. Exactly. Uh, Universities are now cracking down on students using chat GPT to write papers. That's how yep. good it is. So, um, what does this have to do with trucking? Well, this is going to be the future of your dispatcher when you, you know how when you go onto a company's website not me necessarily in trucking but how about your health provider and the little chat bot pops up in the corner you're not talking to a real person even though it acts like one you're talking to a version of this so this will be and this was uber freight and stuff like that you were negotiating with artificial intelligence with algorithms in the computer this is the future of transportation your your your, your big brokers are going to cut their workforce to nothing but tech developers and a couple of salespeople, and you are going to get your work and you're going to negotiate with a computer. <laughs> what a perfect way to end this show. Carrier barrier to entry. Uh, Brian, thank you so much. This was really fun. 45 minutes in the books. We went longer than we expected. Did, did we have anything it. in the live chat for questions or anything? Not really. I mean, okay. uh, car hauling with Chip. Good afternoon. On his way to Memphis. Pick up two. Head back to D.C. Many um, talked about not having backup plans when the load board is light. He's got clients that help cover his loads. This guy yeah. named Just Another Jack was talking about doorknobs. I really don't know why. I'm assuming <laughs> it was just kind of a random dude. Which, uh, here's the thing. So I, I actually learned how to navigate random audience randomness a long, long time ago. So I asked him, he says, what are your opinions on doorknobs? I hit question mark. He said, like the ones on doors. And I thought, you know, is there, is there any way doorknobs applies to the truck? And I don't think so. Because then I, I said, well, what are your opinions? And he said, they're handy. So. <laughs> all right so thanks just another jack and then uh ty cars on the move is in here and oh ty wants to know will okay we're gonna save this for next show will chat gpt load the trailer <laughs> no but the self-driving cars will i already worked on that project with a major oh, a, a major oem in 2015 where Whoa. we practiced letting their self-driving vehicles drive themselves on and off of our trailers they came off the rail head off the off the train cars themselves and then they queued and then they drove over and parked themselves on our trailer and all we had to do is strap them down okay so uh, that's amazing wow because I've said, I've never seen it, but I've said, I believe that will happen. Yes. We, and there we are had people an, that we are had like, app, no way. Yeah, no, we had an app on the cell phone that you yeah. scanned a special barcode on the side of the vehicle. I can see that. And it allowed us to have like a panic stop button and uh, shut it down remotely and all of that. But it would, uh, you told it what position it was going on, and it drove onto the trailer every bit as good as I could park it on the trail. So we're going to take this, we're going to give it to chat GPT and chat GPT is going to post it on auto transport, everything. There you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Jay. But, thank you. Right. Exactly. But here's why I say this. Listen, I was having a conversation with Mike Peplinski at Harding Brooks. Mm -hmm. And, and I've also had this conversation with folks, you know, that go to aha. It's time for us to admit there are things we just haven't been talking about, and we don't have a lot of time left. I agree. I agree. And, and I can't I, believe I I'm the crazy guy to, like, you know, point this out to everybody. Yeah. But no. if well, we you, don't you talk came about in, yeah. You came in as an outsider to this industry. This wasn't <laughs> That's the why industry a lot of people want to keep into. me out. <laughs> <laughs> but you asked the questions that nobody else asks because you didn't know or think you already knew the answer because you didn't grow up in this business. So uh, us generational people are our own worst enemy because it's the way our dad and our granddad did it. And those big multi-generation <laughs> dealerships, they exactly. do it the same way that the guy that founded it in 1918 did it. So this is so funny is that when I was growing up, I had a, I had a hard time understanding Well, I would ask questions in class and the class would groan Oh, God, not Jay, you know, asking another <laughs> dumb question. And, You're just naturally curious. Well, that's what, so it's funny that that's finally turned, it only took 
a hundred years, but it's finally turned into some kind of a weird positive. YouTube was made for people that ask the crazy questions. Yep. Yeah, so... All right, well, that was really fun. Look, we ate another five minutes. Brian, thank you so much for an awesome show today. And um, so we'll be back again. We're doing second Wednesday of the month. So we'll be back again on March 8th. Uh, Actually, we might need to let me open my schedule up. Yes, because I'm pretty sure uh, March... We could do the 15th or the 22nd. We could do March 1st. Uh, Let's see. Uh, If we can do the 1st, that would be better. Because the 8th, I am in Washington, D.C. for the Toy and Recovery Association of America's Hill Days, where we're meeting with lawmakers. And then the following week, I'm out in Seattle for the entire week, and I won't have time to get away. So, yeah, we got to do it the 1st or the 22nd. So the 1st works for me. I I like the 1st because otherwise, mid-March, we get into spring break and all that stuff. So March 1st, I love it. And if that needs to change, we'll let you know. But, yeah, and I do. So what I do now is, um, soon after the show, is I put the next show's placeholder on the website. So the next show will be March 1st. Noon. All right. Central time. Brian, and feel free to send in articles or news or how we doings or, you know, pot, whatever you got. Send it to autotransportintel at gmail.com and let us know what to talk about next. Brian, thank you so much, man. Take care of yourself, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Jay. All right, thanks, man. Take care. All right, everybody, thank you very much. That was really a lot of fun. Uh, let us know how we can help you. We are live care advice. That is Brian Riker, your DOT guy. Let me do this. If you need to contact Brian, you can actually email him a question. It's on air at your Brian does have a business and you can also visit your Any advice on this show is opinion or just helpful discussion. This is not a legal advice show, so if you have a serious matter to address, seek a professional. You can also email Brian, and maybe he can uh, help you. He's got the business Fleet Compliance Solutions, LLC. Do I have that in here? I need to... CJ, you need to get back on the game. You started the show strange, and you're ending it the same way. But... I'm going to put that link on my list of links to have handy. There we go. Fleet Compliance Solutions, LLC.net. Go see Brian. Brian is also a member of IATA. If you have a question about any of these associations we mentioned, feel free to let us know, trade shows or otherwise. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join us tomorrow on Thermonuclear Thursdays on Dispatching Live. Bring your load board questions, complaints, etc. And we'll see you there. Take care, everybody. Thanks very much. (laughs) 